people thank you for tuning into the show here's one with cooper fitch who recently made an incredible short film he's works up in portland and uh the timing's actually pretty crazy because i just published my first screenplay second book it's a continuation of my first one but this is a screenplay format it's up on amazon i'll link it below but the show we mostly just talk about him and his work so here's a great show with a great person All right, I'm live with Cooper Fitch. Thank you very much for coming here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Um, so just a little preamble for everyone else. He just made a short film, and it's incredible. I got to say, first off, thank you for driving down here meeting me, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, and second off, big fan of your work. Yeah, thanks, dude. I appreciate it. You know, it's uh, I'm really stoked on this one. I think it's going to be like a big step for me and like and actually... Uh, having a piece of work that I'm proud to like show to people, you know? Yeah. That's a bit. So, but you were probably proud of your other work back when you made it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything's cool. And like everything is a, is a stepping stone. I'm a big fan of like, you know, making a lot of stuff and the, the Duplass brothers had it. Like they have said that, you know, if you you make 10 movies, the first 10, you you just got to keep making stuff because they're all, everything you're gonna make 10, shitty films before you make a good one you yeah, know and but it's like, gonna be great now and then you're gonna be three films later you're like oh my god i made that yeah yeah totally yeah. that's how it works you know and like i'm a pretty harsh critic so like even when i put something out i'm like you know i wish it was better but like at a, at a certain point on some stuff you know you just you gotta you gotta work with what you got you 100%. know 100 percent. and it's, it's just such a weird thing to know you're putting out something that isn't like because you always judge it against the best you're obviously yeah. judging against your favorite yeah. director i'm a terrible i'm a terrible self-critic you know and and uh yeah. you know and sometimes like i have to remind myself that i'm you know doing good things yeah <laughs> i dig it man so um what was it like what was the process like let's just start at the beginning and go yeah. all the way to the end yeah so i was uh i it's been about a year and a half to get this movie like finished and like coming out we're doing a screening here in a few weeks hopefully um and then but yeah it was i was working last summer on this uh disney movie timmy failure which uh i'm not gonna plug i think they have enough uh, it actually just came out on disney plus but i haven't seen it yet i don't know if it's good Uh, yeah (laughs) um but uh yeah so i was working on we were doing shooting a lot of nights at the end of that that movie and um i was working on this script with um the uh, Daily's colorist was always there with me in the office late at night because um, he'd get the footage at the end of the day and then cool. he'd have to color it so he could send it off to editing, um, which was in New York. And um, yeah, I was working on this script that was kind of, uh, I really wanted to make a family drama. I would I was watching a lot of, uh, I'd, I'd watched August Osage County and um, read the, the tray by the play by Tracy Letts, um, which is great if you haven't if you haven't seen it. Uh, a lot of famous people in the movie too. Um, and then I watched this Danish drama, uh, The Celebration by Thomas Vinterberg. Yeah, Vinterberg. I don't know. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say writing a family drama. Did your family be like, is that how you see us, man? No, yeah, yeah. It was actually really funny because. It's kind of loosely based. I, I'm a big, like, I don't think anyone's that creative. Everything is, like, slightly, like, everything is 
loosely based off real life, yeah. um, you know, in fiction. And, and so it, it's not directly, but it is kind of based off of like our family. It's a, it takes place at Christmas. Um, and so it's based off of like our family get togethers and, um, my, I don't want to spoil the movie. Well, I will. Yeah, it's kind of a, a little bit. Yeah. So there's like a big, uh, the giveaway at the end is they are surprising the family with a trip to Hawaii, which actually happened. My grandpa, my grandparents did when we were, I was probably like 10 or 11, like 10 years, 12, I don't know, a dozen years ago. And, um, it like, it doesn't take place exactly even close to the way it did in real life, but it's kind of, you know, loosely based off of that family dynamic. And I'm, I'm really interested in, um, you know, relationships and how, how like the complexities of that and, and, um, you know, generational, um, generational, um, just commu- interpersonal communication. Yeah, totally. Man. You know, like it's a people, thing. you know, yeah. I, I, I think that, um, I think there's, this is like a pretty hard drama. I mean, it's, there's some funny moments, but, um, I think that, uh, I'm interested in the, the kind like the ways people interact and, and, and how like we can, we can, uh, you know, dramatize that for, yeah. for, well, to the drama makes the comedy it. funnier. Like there were a couple of bits in there where I'm like, Oh my God. Well, uh-huh. it's more absurd because it's a serious film, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and that's, and so the thing about like making movies is tone is a big thing. You know, you yeah. don't want to, you know, movies get criticized often and often, especially big studio movies because of like tonal problems, because often there's so many people that are like, have their hands in the pot that, mm. um, you know, then it's just like the tone doesn't match because it doesn't have like a consistent perspective that they're working with. Do you uh, think that's why like Taika Waititi's Taika Waititi? Taika Waititi, yeah. Um, Wes Anderson, Quentin Tarantino, their movies do stand out because it has that consistent tone. Yeah. So and then like you get in. So when you think about like big like directors, like you just mentioned that like you, you know, you go to their movie and you like know it's their movie. They have a specific voice or a tone or whatever. And you get into like if you get into film theory, auteur theory is what it is. And it auteur is the French word for author. And it comes from uh cahier du cinema, which is a French literary magazine from the, the French new wave in the the sixties and late fifties and sixties. Um, which basically is all about the idea of like the director has the author of the film and like uh, an authorial voice um, rather than like a collective that's making the movie. You know, I think that probably the toughest part of that is like the other people helping you are mm-hmm. like kind of donating their time, like totally. people are getting paid something. So you do kind of want to give them yeah. some say, but then it fucks up the film in the end, you know? So how do you find that balance? I, I kind of think auteur theory is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote a paper on it when I was in college and uh, you know, it's, it's a big thing in liter- literary, like, like film theory and in uh, academic circles. But um, you know, as much as like, I think my movies are obviously based off of like whatever I was thinking in my voice, but I, I really like, I worked, I've worked on crews on bigger movies and, and on shows and stuff. And like, I think, I think ignoring the, the impact of the, the crew is ridiculous. It's and, ridiculous. Yeah. And like, let, not let alone like producers and, and production like executives if you're getting in like big budget movies but like just like say I have a production designer and an like a props guy that does um like sets up the 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 um the room that we're shooting the scene in you know D- set dresses the thing it's like I like they ask me questions and like do you like this do you like that and then that's like a lot of times when people are talking about directing they're like you're basically just a- answering people's questions and yeah. it's like they're doing the work they have that creative input 
And like we were talking about this before uh, when we were off mic that um, like I think you got to know your strengths and know when to like pass stuff off to people because, you know, I'm not like already in like set design, you know, like yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I shouldn't do that. I'm not good at that. Work on you know? lighting and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's people that are like, they're really good at it. That's why mm-hmm. I got them on it, you know? And so. How, how similar was the film, the end product compared to when you were writing it? Like when you were even like from the factors to the location to everything. Yeah. yeah so this, it was, I, I, I have a theory that I've like kind of my, my idea about making movies is you're just trying to get it as close as you can to what the idea that you had in your head, you know, and like that's to the goal and it's never going to be exactly that. Everything's going to change. Like I did write this movie. We shot it at my grandparents' house. Right. So I wrote it based off the knowledge Tight. that so I could, place. I knew. Yeah. yeah. And it does help me. I like shooting in real locations. I've never like personally, I've worked on stuff that's shot in studios, but um, I've never personally any of my movies made anything that's like shot on a set um that'd be nuts yeah it's crazy you know and it does give you flexibility you know in in like where you can place the camera but i wrote the i wrote the the thing like visualizing in my mind like how i could play with the space you know and and i do think this this is definitely the film that like i wrote it and directed it and ended up producing it and like it it, it, I actualized it very close to like how much, how I imagined it, you know, and right. there's a few things like that just got tweaked because like we were going to do a, like some drone shots, um, you driving. Did, you did one. We did do some. Yeah. And I, I do it, but originally in the script, um, there was, uh, some driving through suburban streets mm. that was supposed to be with, um, like Christmas lights around the trees. And like, right. we shot this in the middle of like the beginning of June. So it was like logistically, <laughs> the trees had leaves on them and they shouldn't yeah. have had leaves if it was going to be Christmas. So like coming to like those kind of logic things and like, how can we solve those problems when, you know, that that's what it like, that's the tricky part about um, making movies and some stuff like that. You're not going to be able to like plan for. Totally. Speaking of planning for working with seven actors, it must've been chaos. Like with how many, like did people ever like bail on stuff or just, yeah. So working with the actors is cool. I was, I was very, um, I was adamant. We cast this movie SAG, so we, we did it through the Screen Actors Guild, and we paid union union rates. Um, but and I was really that was really important to me because I won't, you know, it's a pretty heavy family drama, and I wanted good acting because. And you got it. Yeah, I think so. If you didn't get good acting, it wouldn't work. You no, know? not at all. It's with a, that much the, of a drama. Yeah, it's it's an act. It's an actor's it's definitely an acting having film. It's not a, it's not an action movie. Um, but yeah, it was, I like the idea of these kind of big movies with lots of moving pieces. And, and, and like we did a lot of, um, gimbal stuff with like long takes where it's like pretty heavily choreographed, choreographed. And, um, it was definitely tricky in some spots. Uh, there's one scene when the family comes in and there's literally all seven cast members are in one, one room. And, that took us like two or three hours just to like work through and like block block the actors' movement and you know in the camera movement and and yeah. it, it was it's a big scene and I think it worked in the movie overall at at, at the end of it but um it was it was definitely hard yeah so it seemed like that you have seven actors two of them are kids which mm-hmm. must have had its own troubles yeah they tell you never to work with kids <laughs> and then how many other people so there's you the obviously the director the the yeah so um we probably had. 15 people or so on our crew. Yeah. Um, 
I my AD Dana Kashian was uh, great. Um, she I couldn't have done it without her. She crushed it, um, and uh, she was uh, instrumental in you know making making sure that everybody was you know following their marks and and you know just ads are it's a thinkless job they're they're yeah. the real people that um you know manage the they run the set you know like people yeah i'm the there i'm there to like make the creative decisions or whatever but like they're the people that make sure like hey you get over there let's make sure this props step back in the place and like make make sure the actors are doing what they're supposed to be doing and um yeah it was it was definitely my biggest shoot um i've done personally you know we had seven crew member seven cast members about 15 crew and a couple of people that trickled in here and there and so i you know i gotta think of my grandparents we basically took over their house for a couple of days yeah. and uh you know it was, it was it was hectic but it was super fun nice yeah well, so you you had your grandpa you got all the shooting done in a couple of days even with that many people and that long of a film yeah so we did uh two days of principal with all the cast and principal photography and then another day of like driving stuff and and um the drone shots and yeah which was just uh it was super small splinter b unit and it was like just me the dp the drone guy and uh my aunt who whose car was used in the movie nice. shout out well it's gotta work well because paying all those people sag yeah for two days I yeah mean, 15 yeah it was a lot of money you know uh we're, we're paying the sag ultra low budget rate which is 125 a day which is minimum wage but okay, yeah. um the other thing about that is you got to adhere to SAG union rules, you know, mm, um, food breaks. F- yeah. Well, you know, I've worked on a lot of sets and I'm a, you know, I want to take care of my crew totally. and, and, you know, we make sure we have good crafty and, and feed everyone. And, you know, um, but, uh, the reality of it, like we had trick, the thing about kids too, is like they have just on like labor laws. They yeah. only, I think they only have eight hours a day. So oh, scheduling was tricky because we, we got, we shot on a weekend. So we didn't have to worry about school or anything, but, um, we were, um, you know, scheduling was tricky and we were definitely running around to film some of the, some of the scenes, uh, uh because we were just like, we couldn't, ha- we didn't have them for any more time. The yeah. labor laws with, with kids are very strict and you can't really, you know, there's no, no, no fudging there. You would know? you write kids into the next film you make or just cut them out? Yeah. I mean, I definitely would have been easier to not have kids, you know, <laughs> uh, it's not a, it's not everyone like the, the rule is no kids are animals and, and, yeah. uh, we didn't have animals, but, um, yeah, I mean they were both great. I, I we had my my casting uh, director Rachel Mossy was uh, she's a local casting director in Portland, and I've worked with her on bigger stuff. And she helped me out on this one and um, sent out a casting call, and we got some really great kids. I did a it was the first time I've ever done like proper casting where I go in and they're coming to read for me. And uh, what was it like? It was it was funny. I, I kind of felt like a like a dick because <laughs> I was uh, uh you know I. We had, we did that, it ended up two days of, of casting for about six hours each day. And so I would... That's a lot of people. Yeah, it was a, we had a crazy turnout. We had over 150 people audition for this movie. Nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of support and like the, like, uh, option, uh, model and talent is one of the big talent agencies in Portland. They do a lot of booking and Dennis is, uh the agent of a few of our cast and you know i i he was super great and like sent all of his people he loved the script nice. which felt really good on my that my end you so know good. yeah so um yeah so we had it was cool it's 
it's kind of, it's kind of a weird process because you're sitting there with the casting director and hundred people. Yeah, and everyone's kind of you know the casting director and her assistant are running the thing. So I'm just sitting there on my laptop and I'm answering emails, but I'm more just like trying to hold it so I don't look like a douchebag. But yeah, but you are watching everyone. Like you're yeah, yeah, no, it. yeah. And so we film everything, and so I'm there and I watch it. They did. Um, this was the second round of callbacks that I that I came to. Um, they um, so she even weaned the the pool before I got there because um, it was even would have been even more people. But um, yeah. yeah, it was it was cool. You know, I I uh, got to do a little work with them in the cast and or in the audition and a few of the folks like Macy and Frank. We had a few pairs of them. That's the other thing. It was like I'm I'm 23 and I'm directing these like 60 yeah. and 70 year old uh, people. Oh, I don't know. Just I don't think they're in their 70s, but do. yeah, you know. And I think it was. Um, I got a lot of um, respect and, and compliments from people, and I think the script, you know, really had a, a big part in that. I think it's a good script, but um, it was cool. Um, but yeah, we. I'm not like a super strict follow my script, say my words Mm -hmm. or die, you know, I think that's important, man. Yeah. You know, and we did have a little bit of improv in this, in this thing. And so like when we were doing casting, basically we had a couple of pairs of Macy's and Frank's and we would put them together and then have like, let them kind of improv. And we did that. We brought in the kids and had them improv with the kids so that they kind of like, we could get there, um, see how they'd interact and get their kind of, um, uh, emotional connection, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. So if you had two days of shooting, but it took a year and a half to make, that just goes to show how much pre-production, post-production there is. Yeah, it was a lot of pre-production, and the post-production has been kind of extended. But the thing is, like, I didn't set out to take to make this movie right away. So okay, how it kind of worked is I wrote the script last summer, and then I um I kind of put it away. I I sent it to a few folks to get their feedback, but I I submitted it to this Oregon Short Film Festival. Um, screenplay competition and uh, then I uh, kind of forgot about it and then <laughs> the it was in February of this year the I found out I was uh, I got accepted in the competition and then I ended up winning uh, really uh, yeah so I won the short film competition That's for my script tight, dude yeah and so then I was like, well, well, shit, maybe I should, maybe I should make this thing, you know? And I didn't have any money at that time. I was, I was still in school and, uh, I, I, uh, I wanted to make another movie and I, but I didn't really have, I didn't have a plan at that point. But Mm -hmm. immediately after that, I, I went to, I worked on documentary now last year. And so I went to the cast and crew screening for that. And I ran into my, my friend, uh, Robert, Robert Esposito and Michael Ward, who, um, we were chatting at the screening and I was telling about how I just won this thing, uh, the script competition and they, Robert asked me to send it to him. And then the next day he was like, let's make it dude. So That's fucking awesome. yeah, it was crazy. Um, well, we still didn't have any money, but you know, we were, we were going to be like, okay, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and like so Robert, or? well, so I'll, yeah, I'll tell you about how we got the money together, but Robert ended up coming on as a producer and then Michael Ward ended up coming on as an editor. He's a freelance editor in Portland and right. he did the first first round of edits before I took over. Um, but yeah, so then we, we kind of started prepping and um, this was like Feb- late February, I would say. And so it was, um, we shot the first, uh, June 1st and 2nd, I think. So that was three, three and a half months little over three months to like a prep, you know, just yeah. for a two day shoot, which seems ridiculous, but it's, it's a lot of work. And so 
basically I, I put a lot of the money in myself and, um, I, uh, I probably 4,500, um, which I, I ended up getting my taxes back. Like, and I got like two grand back, which was helpful. Right. You can and write then, it off. I did write it off. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And that's the other thing is in the film industry, you can write a lot of stuff that's off tight, as, uh, as expenses. Um, so do you have to start up an LLC or anything or like, how do you, I've thought about it, you know, cause the other thing is production insurance. And, um, so like anytime you rent, generally anytime you rent gear or yeah. anything, and also for, um, you know, like anytime you're subcontracting people as to work on your film, yeah. you, That's people that aren't in SAG or like in a, a union, you have to like, in theory, you should have a workers comp and, and you know, and, uh, insurance on them in case anyone gets hurt or whatever. Um, so I thought about starting an LLC and, and, and do, getting my, uh, getting like a yearly policy so I can make stuff whenever, but, um. I haven't yet. Um, it's crazy how many barriers there are to making something. It's it's tricky. Well, it's it's it all depends on how legit you want to make it. You know, yeah. you can you can definitely go around with a camera, but you know, this was like a very professional set, and you know, I've worked on a lot of stuff from like small commercials to big budget um, Netflix stuff, Netflix and Dis big Disney movie. Yeah, and um, you know, I like the idea of. Uh, like I wanted to be a, I wanted to run professionally, and I think like we we did a good job, and um, you know uh, we got a great crew, and that's the other thing is my last short movie um, I did, I had done Portlandia, and I had made a lot of friends through that, and and Doc now, and um, had kind of a crew of of folks, and then while I was prepping for this, um, a lot of people were on show TV shows or movies, and weren't available when I was shooting. And, and so it was a lot of new folks on my crew that I'd never met before. And I was kind of scrambling actually to, um, to put it together last minute, you know, we, yeah. like the day before we, we were missing three or four key roles, you oh, know, man. and, um, but it, you know, it's one of those things that kind of just all fell together. Well, it's cool that you have a community cause you just put something out on Facebook, like, Hey, I'm looking for this. And like people respond, you know, mm -hmm, you got mm -hmm. a community around your work, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have, a. have been in the film industry for a couple of years and, um, you know, I, uh, I've made a lot of contacts through that, but there, there also are, um, Oh, you can tighten it right on the side there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, there also Mike's is <laughs> a lot of. Um, there's like a Facebook pages and, and community support. The Cooch Film Collective is is a is a a, a, a kind of a collective local. It's a collective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a resource group for for filmmakers in Portland. And so yeah, I I've kind of you, you got to use all your anything you can available totally. to you know put. Anytime you're making like a, a low budget indie movie, it's you, there's lots of difficult and difficulty in putting it together. Totally. Well, that's the whole thing. This is one of the shows that I was actually looking forward to the most because like with all the people I'm kind of having on here, like musicians yeah. and people doing everything, like yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah. But like I made a one minute short film with two people, and I'm like, holy yeah. fucking shit, this is a lot of work. I'm like, yeah. I can't even imagine what. You know. Yeah, the logistics of it is crazy, and like that's why I've, I'm glad I've worked on bigger stuff because I feel like I've gotten a lot of good experience, and so now I actually know what I need to do to produce my movies, and so I just worked on this this movie Pig um, with Nicolas Cage, 2020. Tight. Yeah. Um, you get to meet him. I did meet him a couple times. Did yeah. you meet Fred Armiston on Portland? I, I do know Fred. Yeah, That's we, tight. we have a, a Fred's a great guy. Um, but uh, yeah, so 
worked on Pig. I worked on Pig, and I, I've worked in production as the assistant production coordinator on that. And um, so I've I've gotten a lot of experience, especially in those these indie indie uh, shows and movies that you know how to make something happen with limited resources and yeah. like what what are the pieces you actually need to put together. And so I wouldn't have been able to like. A few years ago, I've, I made I made a movie like that with like four people in in a car with yeah. no budget, no budget, no money, and no lights. Really, yeah. that's fun. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's fun though. It is. It's fun, and you know, I think those are great. And I've definitely tried to like. Sometimes you got to go back to basics and get away from the headache of um, <sighs> sag. Yeah, union rules and yeah. you know, tons of people. But um, yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a. Uh, I'm glad I, I've I've learned that because I wouldn't have been able to make this movie, you know. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, working behind the scenes, and getting to see the director and like how the good and bad directors, mm-hmm. um, yeah, totally like, interact with actors would be a pretty good thing. It's kind of like having a bunch of good and bad bosses. You see, like, okay, I don't want to be like that asshole. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I've worked on a lot of sets with a lot of different folks, and you know, I I I I think you got to be a lifetime learner, and so like. I read a lot and I've, I read scripts constantly. I like, I taught myself how to write screenplays. I didn't like take a class or anything. I just, I've probably read 300 scripts, you know, Whoa. and, um, you just torrent final draft or no, I mean, you, you, you can download PDFs online. You can find a lot of them. Mm, um, I mean, for writing. Oh no, I, I bought final draft actually. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I got a student discount. It was a hundred bucks, but nice. uh, yeah. And then I, uh, you know, I listen to podcasts with the DGA and the WGA and, Right. And uh, Script Notes podcast is a really great uh, screenwriting resource. And, um, you know, I think just, you know, trying to absorb as much as you can and, you know, watch movies. And the thing about directing and, like, making movies is it's kind of a weird career. There's no, like, direct path in, you know. Yeah. Yeah, even even working in the, like, once you, if you work on a crew, there's more of, like, like, the union steps of jobs. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, how do you become a film director? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's you a million a people movie. trying to do it. Just yeah, try yeah. to make better one than them. Yeah. So yeah, and that's the thing. And so I, I, I did, It's like when I get stoked on something, I kind of dive headfirst and like commit everything, like my whole being to it. And so when when I when I decided I wanted to do a film, I've kind of done that. And you know, I listened to uh, two podcast uh, interviews. Uh, with the DGA on the way down from Portland. So, nice. um, you know, you got any favorite scripts that you've read out of, yeah, man, I'll, uh, I, I have a few, uh, I think the Chinatown script, Ooh, 1974, yeah. um, it's fantastic. Robert town, universally one of the best scripts of all time. Also, um, butch casting the Sundance kid, super great. Um, uh, I'm a big, um, Charlie Kaufman fan, so Eternal yeah. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I read that one. I like. Yeah, it. it's a great, great script. And then um, Sorkin, man, The Social Network. It's uh, my oh, favorite. I read. Steve, wait, he wrote Jobs, right? Steve Jobs. Yeah, he did read Jobs. I read that one. Yeah, I that's a good script too. Jobs. I think I've read that. I didn't um, read The Social Network though. Yeah, you should. It's uh, it's my favorite Fincher movie too. Um, I think I, it's underrated, but um, yeah, man, there's. There's all of those are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you just read and write script. You don't do you read regular books too or anything? You yeah, just... I've been reading a lot of novels actually. Um, I I've kind of gotten away. It's kind of hard because I feel like I should be watching movies, but yeah, I, you that's know, I such think, a funny way yeah. of like doing work is yeah. just watching movies and reading scripts. Like mm-hmm. that's a tight life that you're kind of building there with that. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost bad because if when I don't like when I'm lazier, I don't read or I haven't watched a movie. I feel like I'm 
bad, yeah. you know? Well, <laughs> if do you ever get sick of movies, man? Like, every once in a while, I'll fall into, like, a time in life where yeah. it's, like, every movie you watch just falls flat or, like, yeah. the acting just seems obvious. And like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I watch a lot of diversity in movies. I also think, like, that's important, you know? Like, yeah. I, I think watching shitty movies to, like, see why they're <laughs> shitty totally. is a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and I watch, a, like, like I was saying, The Celebration earlier, which is, like, this 1995 Danish um, family drama, uh, kind of obscure art house foreign movies, you know, yeah. which if you're not into movies, you're not going to like it. But um, like that kind of, you know, twists the uh, uh, tradition that you're you're, yeah. you're getting bored with, you know. Like in, the kind of stuff we watch in the movies. film class we took. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's important, man. Yeah. Um, I guess the reason I like screenplays so much is because mm-hmm. They're just formatted so well. Like, so I wrote two two kind of stories that are closely following one another. One's a book. It's yeah. like 100 pages, 1,600 words, which is, or I don't know. 16,000. 16,000 words, which yeah. is kind of close to a screenplay. But then my second one was a screenplay. Yeah. And I just like the format of knowing, like, I'm going for pretty much 100 pages. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can shoot under or over 15, but. Yeah, you know, I I really like screenplay format, too. I love reading them. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I always wanted to be a writer and when I was a kid, and... uh I used to want to be a novelist, but, mm. and I, I did write here and there, but I never really had the stamina for it. I didn't, I didn't, I had this like, um, ridiculous, um, romantic ideal of like, you know, <laughs> sitting down and writing stream of consciousness, perfect yeah. book. And, you know, yeah, it doesn't work. Like no, that. it's not, it's not the reality of it, you know? And, no. and I found screenplays, um, when I kind of decided I wanted to do the movie thing and, uh, it was, which was like a, a it was kind of a turning point in my life. And, um, yeah, I don't know why it just clicked into me. It makes sense in my brain a lot better. And I've tried to go back and write, you know, prose, but I, I don't, Fuck I, it. I can't do it, dude. Like no. I'm not good. I don't know. And I like reading them less too. Since I started, cause I got into screenplays, I read like 50 and I wrote yeah. one, and one and a half. And then I go back and try to read regular books. I'm like, they're so fucking just, yeah. they go all over the place where yeah. screenplays are like right. They're to very the tight, you know? Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a objective, like, a plot-based guy yeah you know, yeah so totally it just runs better for me yeah i mean it's it's that's why books are hard to adapt to yeah, movies sometimes you know true. it's like it's a lot of inner monologue usually and like thoughts Good of characters point. and um you know i my kind of like death goal is to uh i don't know if it's dark but um it's to write <laughs> publish a, a book in my lifetime so um one of these days i i'll uh although like a lot now i'm like why wouldn't i just write this idea i have as a screenplay yeah you know? so entirely well the cool thing is so before i ever watched the godfather i actually read mario puzo's godfather yeah, yeah. book and i'm like that is the greatest fucking book yeah. ever that's, i never read that, the book oh dude yeah. and then i watched the movie i'm like this is garbage yeah yeah which is the trip because i've always like you always yeah. hear those people say that but you're like i've i've i totally know what you mean i've read like clockwork orange uh i think the Ooh. book is better than the movie yeah. i'm not a huge kubrick fan which i know is a yeah, is a, it's a is sin a, is a is a <laughs> sin in the film community but you know uh we'll, we'll not talk about that yeah um also like do androids stream of electric sheep which is the book blade runners based off which is like i think that book's i i used to not like blade runner i do like it now but you? Uh, yeah um, slow man yeah it is it is slow <laughs> you like the new one too i do like the new one yeah nice. it's uh but the book is fantastic you know and like not well known even though it's philip k dick but yeah. um yeah, I don't know. Novels, man. I, I, uh, I, I had, uh, I've always been an Ernest Hemingway fan. And so, like, mm. I think I had this rom- romantic ideal for a long time of like the Paris in the 20s and, you know, yeah. um, 
all these uh, these writers and, and poets and painters and uh, the jazz age or whatever. But writing's a lot more just like not fun, not sexy. It's not always boring fun. as fuck. Yeah. Editing's the worst. Yeah. But you said you got a new kind of uh, just off mic. You said you got a new thing where you put up post its. I know that's how the guy who made Drive and Only God Forgives and stuff. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah, yeah, that's how he does his thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I saw some behind. It's a you know it's a that's what I mean. So I've been talking about like I used to have this romantic ideal and I don't know why, but screenplays, it kind of kicked me into actually having the stamina and like the work ethic to write. And so, yeah, I've become more and more of a fan of like structure and planning and I outline pretty thoroughly now. And um, so it just makes it easier. It makes it easier. So like that's that's when like getting the work of writing is. Mm -hmm. So I do the outline. I get note cards. I have a couple cork boards and I go scene by scene. And I make, um, I basically write the movie with the out, like my first draft of the movie is that outline because yeah. I'm writing everything that I want to happen. And sometimes I throw dialogue in there. It's not like strict, but, nice. um, and then, then Just once, once more you more. have that done, then you do the first draft of the script and you have this, like, you know, exactly what you need to write. And like, obviously I don't stick to it perfectly, but that's makes it easier. Cause you know, for me, for writing a feature film, it's, it takes a long time. And so you got to sit down and I try to write at least three pages a day. And Whoa. you know, sometimes it's five or seven and sometimes, sometimes it's not, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, then you, that's all writing is, is sitting down, even if you don't want to and, and putting in the work. Well, you say that that's the interesting point. I've kind of argued with a couple of people. Do you think it is important to write every day, even the days you're not feeling it? Mm-hmm. Or do you think it is better to like, when you're feeling it, write seven pages and then yeah. on a day you're not, not cause I think it's important to, to power through. And like, I'm not Those always, when I write my worst though. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. That's why revision is important. You know, totally. I've become a, a, I, you know, Whenever I used to write when I was younger, I would never you know, like write anything but like a second draft. Now I do 10 or 15, you know? Nice. Yeah. And like, I don't think, like, I don't write every day. Like, I try to write as much as I can. And like, sometimes, like, the last feature I wrote, I, I kind of got on a roll and wrote it in three weeks just because I would write every day That's and go to the tight. coffee shop and sit there for however many hours. Yeah. And, How many um, features do you have written? I've written four. So this new one I'm working on is my fifth. Um, uh, but the, um, yeah, you know, I think like you're not like, I have been pretty productive in the last like three or four years, but it's because I sit down and, you know, write when I don't want to. Totally. And like, like you said, it's not, it probably does suck. Yeah. You know, sometimes it does and sometimes it's like fine, but, um, you know, for me getting through that first draft is the trickiest part it's you know the trickiest. it's cool yeah. that you you plot it out because that's the hardest time to write is when you don't know what happens next and you just think like yeah. oh i'll just come up with it on the fly it yeah. is hard man yeah and i used to do that i used to be like that you know and totally. and i don't you know some people do write like that and i think I, it does I, come up with pretty good stuff though and there's some very good writers but like i said i've become a big fan of structure and like um not necessarily three-act structure but i like i'm a big i like i really like the idea of chekhov's gun yeah. which is like you know if you have a gun and scene one, it better go off mm-hmm. in the, at the end of the book, you know? Um, and so like, I, I could not like, obviously if you're writing kind of off the cuff, like some things will happen, but I, I, uh, I really think plotting it out helps me being like, okay, I set this up now. I, how do I pay that off later in this story? You know, mm-hmm. and not in like a, like a, like a, 
too structured kind of way that feels kind of weird but, yeah. but it's I, important yeah i think and it, it and it's very satisfying you know as much as like we don't like to think it we have been you know indoctrinated with this western totally story not. structure idea you know and so um you know that's <laughs> i found as i've gotten more into it that my scripts make they they feel more satisfying because I follow that structure, mm-hmm. and but it's then so once, romantic to want to just go off. Yeah, totally. It, it just it's the work. romantic idea of yeah. like the writer, you yeah. know. But yeah. you read other people's stuff who just go off. You're like, this is fucking garbage. Get yeah. a plot, man. Yeah, well, and there's definitely people that do not having a plot well, you know. Yeah, but totally. Um, but I also think like once you get like at least for me, once you get that structure, then you can kind of see how you can tweak it, which is like such an English teacher thing to say, but yeah. it's true, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'll, but then again, some of the best movies, if you were to point out like the absolute best movies, they do go kind of against it, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of Wes Anderson, Pulp Fiction for sure. Like maybe yeah. they kind of do it, but they definitely yeah, toy and, around with it a little bit. Yeah. You know, the, um, that's what I mean. I mean, I don't think that like there's people that make movies that break, you know, rules of cinema or writing or whatever you want to say um however you uh attack it but um you know i think that in order to do that they've like if you take pulp fiction for example it's like three storylines that are all like it's non-linear right and um but like you could totally it's really in the editing there it's not like how he wrote it he wrote it as three stories and then combined them. He didn't write it, like, you know, did, did concurrently. He, did he write like three different scripts and just take the pages and put them in different order? Well, I think he wrote them as the same script, but Got like it. it's it's tricky from experience to like write a nonlinear story like in in um you know in order, mm-hmm. which is out of order, or even just multiple storylines. Yeah, yeah, like those are tough. Ones. Yeah, yeah, which. I really like, I'm a big fan of like Paul Thomas Anderson in Magnolia, which is like all these characters and like Robert Altman's shortcuts. Um, and I like the idea of that, but it is, it's fucking hard. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. The next uh, full screenplay that I'm writing, I'm like 83 pages into 82. Um, it's three completely separate storylines that yeah. all come together on page 90, I'm hoping. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's such a hard thing to make it happen organically. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Like, yeah. You just can't make it all seem like, oh, this is all this super forced pre-planned thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. And there is a definitely an element to that. But like, that's what I mean. I, I feel like the, um, like, that's what my outlining with the note cards helps is like, you get the idea of like how you're going to make that happen. And yeah. do you put them up on a wall and everything? Yeah. Yeah. I have like cork boards up on the wall, yeah. like how you would imagine, um, which I think is, uh, I don't know. It helps me. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So you're submitting your your the Macy's Parade to festivals right now. Yeah. So well, it's getting. We're finishing the sound mix right now, and it should be done here in like the next week um, with everything. And uh, the poster is getting finished. Um, By Re- uh, Reagan. Yeah, Reagan's doing the poster. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. He just sent me a, a a photo of it the other day. Um, and yeah, and then we'll start submitting to festivals. I'm going to do a premiere screening in Portland for family and friends and cast and crew. And, uh, and we'll start doing festivals. And like you said, it's, it's an expensive endeavor. Um, you know, I spent $6,000 on production and then it's going to be another thousand on, on post. And then, you know, it's, you know, anyway, from 30 to 60 bucks for each festival submission. So, you know, do the math on, on that. But, um, you know, I really want this one to get seen and, and have a life. So, you know, Mm -hmm. 
got to spend money to make money, you really as they do. say. <laughs> I was thinking of doing something with, um, like, once I've written, like, four or five scripts, I'm on, like, a script I'm actually really proud of. Yeah. Um, just submitting it to every single screenwriting. Because mm-hmm. the prizes for those are, like, 40 grand. Yeah, I've submitted some scripts. My last script I wrote, I submitted to this, um, the launch screenplay festival, um, which is, like, a college screenplay festival, and I made it to the semifinals. But, Tight. Yeah, which was cool. And I... I I've also submitted like Austin and the Nichols Fellowship, and I haven't gotten in, you know. But those are also everyone submits. Everyone, yeah, probably a thousand. <laughs> yeah, and like, I think it's a good script. It's not like a, like, I think it's a really good script. But yeah. it's didn't uh, like Shia LaBeouf win all of them last year, anyways. I don't know, um, but that's what I heard. I just heard that like Shia LaBeouf wrote a script and they he won like two or three of those things, and everyone's like, "Come on, man!" Yeah, yeah. Shia LaBeouf, yeah, Honey Boy is his new movie that he wrote the script for, mm, and. Okay. Um, yeah, they just made it. I, I haven't seen it. I don't think it's really come out yet. I just think it played at Sundance. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the other thing is like, I I think it took a lot of work to really get my writing to a place where I like had structure and, um, you know, just screenplay format down and like was able to like write a cohesive screenplay in, in, in uh, like I've written 14 short film scripts this would be my fifth feature and like a couple of TV pilots. Yeah. And it's not until like the last short and the last feature that I feel like I've written anything that's worth two. Yeah. Since, well, you probably know. in 14 more and then five more features, you'll probably feel the same way. Like, yeah, oh, totally. Because that's how it always feels. Yeah, you'll think these are terrible, you know, but yeah. I did feel good. You know, like I said, Macy's got some kind of recognition and I think that's a really solid script. But um, yeah, I mean, I listen, like I said, I listened to the screenwriting podcast script notes and like it's funny to listen to screenwriters and saying like it took them 11 scripts before anyone yeah. gave a shit, you know? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Does it ever feel kind of, um, cause you're not publishing them. Like you don't even put them out necessarily. No. So it almost feels like, uh, not like worthless, but just like tiring to actually just be putting in all this work. Yeah, no. Yeah, totally. I mean, I have a, I have a box full of un, <sighs> un uh, unseen scripts and drafts and stuff. And, yeah. you know, I, I, um, I do send some out for like feedback and stuff to people, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of just how it works, you know. Uh, usually, in, anybody who who writes, they have a, a, a collection of crap that they're not proud of in their yeah. closet somewhere, you know. But it's just, I, I get the whole point that it's like it's important to write it because. Yeah. If you don't, you'll never get better. But yeah. God damn, you just like, you really think that those first ideas that you come up with, like, are the best ideas you'll ever have. But then yeah. in writing it, you get 10 more, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I, I don't know about ideas. Like, I kind of like the way I work is I get really excited about, like, like Macy's, I wanted to make a family drama and I didn't really know, like, I didn't have an idea for like a plot, but I like was excited about making something that explored like familial relationships and like um so like i'll get really stoked on an idea and then i'll write a script and like sometimes i know it's like not necessarily going to be anything i ever make you know but i think like getting like i think making more stuff is important because it gets you like in theory it gets you to the next one that hopefully will be good Mm -hmm. and then it gets to the point where someone looks up cooper fitch like you know multiple stuff like different things come out like that is helpful in life yeah yeah yeah, like I said, I'm I'm a big believer in just making crap until it eventually doesn't suck. Making crap. I yeah. like do do you see the film industry as being in a pretty good place or do you think it's kind of broken right now? It's um I think it's interesting right now. There's a lot of really interesting like cool indie films that are being made and um it's kind of a 
like the film industry is booming right now. There's so much money coming in. There's all these new places for stuff to get made, um, you know, with Apple TV and, and Disney Plus and Hulu and Netflix and Amazon and all these buyers. Like before, back in the day with the, uh, you know, 90s indie movement, it was like there was the five studios or whatever. And then like these were, you could either make movies there or you can make them by yourself, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it's... Uh, Right now, there's an abundance of, of content being produced, and I think it's a bubble that's going to pop, you know. Eventually, like, there's just so many shows, people can't watch it, you know. And yeah. it's it's starting to happen on Netflix. They're canceling stuff that, you know, it might even, it has been critically acclaimed, you know, but they just don't have the, like, it's not making them money, you know. And, and yeah. they have so many shows right now. There's so many shows, dude. Yeah, and they're trying to fill out their, their library, right? So it's worth it for them to shoot something for two seasons and cancel it because then they have another title they can, totally. like, fill up space with, you know. Um, so I don't know. I think that, um, like, A24 is doing really good stuff. They've Everyth always been doing it. Every, like, it's ridiculous how good of a track record they have. And, like, so there's there's kind of a new, like, you know, I like I said, I hate the word auteur, uh, indie auteur movement um, of filmmakers that are like staying away from the studio system and and you know making really interesting work. But I mean, from what I hear from like different people who make it for Netflix and stuff, they give you complete rights and not no really notes. So why would you want to stay away from that? You know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and like so that's the other thing is like a lot of times before indie filmmakers would stay indie, you know, they get. They eventually start getting their movies made, but they keep making small movies. And now it's, you know, Taika Waititi is a good uh, uh, um, example. Like, makes a couple small indie movies in New Zealand, and then he gets picked up to make a Thor movie. Yeah, you know? that's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, like, that's kind of what happens. Like, you, you make a big hit, a small movie that's a hit at Sundance, and then you get a big studio the contract. Marvel coming yeah, gets you. Yeah, And, like, I think Netflix, like you said, is, like one of those companies that like they do pretty much stay hands off, you know? And, and so, um, it's an interesting, uh, combination of like the, you know, creative freedom of the independent film scene with like having more money, like a studio, you know? Yeah. So, but when, when not like necessarily just having that big of a gig, cause like if you get hired by Netflix, like you don't really have to worry about money for a couple of years, but like yeah. when you're smaller, just working a gig kind of fashion, like, yeah. is it stressful? Like being like, Oh shit, I don't know if I have work next week. Yeah, man. I mean, freelance is tricky. I, uh, I, I don't have any job lined up. I mean, I, so I did this movie for two months and then I just did a commercial this last, last week and, um, I don't have anything lined up really. Like I have some money saved cause I did the movie, but, um. It's especially when you're trying to make your own stuff, it's tricky because like I have student loans and, and uh, you know, trying to buy like I, I spent almost five thousand dollars of my own money on Macy's Parade. And it's yeah. like I could have saved that and like I'd be slightly more comfortable, but also you're never going to make anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's freelance. It's not for everyone. You know, it can be stressful. And uh, I think you just got to budget well and, you know make what's important to you a priority yeah that's crazy to think like all right i could have five grand which would buy months like six months of being alive yeah or you can have something with your name like mm -hmm. that like you made and mm -hmm. it's like you know like hopefully macy's will actually eventually lead to something that'll definitely yeah. over reimburse yeah it. in theory like hopefully i can i can parlay it into like a gig or a you know yeah. another movie with, or what, what's something. you're trying to do next you're trying to do a hundred grand budget yeah, I mean, I'd like to. My idea is in the next couple of years, I'd like to do a, a hundred thousand dollar India feature. Feature. And yeah, which is like a big step, but I'm. I've also like, at some point, you got to make the jump. You know, totally. it's like I could make another. 
I could make another indie movie or short film for maybe slightly more money, but, and maybe it'll be good, you know, but then it's just, it's an, it's another thing. Like the thing with short films is there's not, you don't really make them to make money. You make them to get seen. And so it's like, maybe that one does get into Sundance, but then, then what, you know, maybe it screens and nobody gives a shit, you know? And so it's, it's kind of tricky because, you know, you're spending your own money you're you don't really have like a real job and a regular nine to five or whatever. And, um, so I think like I w I went down and visited some folks in LA cause I was thinking about moving down there in August. And I had talked about a lot of people to a lot of folks about like, uh, like what should I do? And like, um, how should I like, what was my next move? You know, kind of. Yeah. And, um, the thing about making a feature is like even if it's not great like you've still made a feature and so then then like then you can actually call yourself like a feature film director you know yeah. and so even even if you make a super small indie like you've you've made a movie so mm-hmm. i think that's that's important and so my idea is like you know i'm 23 right now i want to before i'm 26 in, a, in an ideal world yeah, that's realistic be, yeah so you know i gotta start going around to all my doctor and lawyer friends and begging yeah. for money but <laughs> is um, that gonna be the the script you're writing right now that's the idea yeah nice yeah so do you know what it's kind of about or do you not want to yeah so it? I'll, I'll i'll tell it on my pitch is like it's kind of um uh, eyes wide shut meets desperate housewives <laughs> uh, so it's it's like a, a, a sex a sex drama set in the suburbs oh, okay um so it's like all the you know, the housewives just go to a party yeah so it's not it's not like graphic and in, in content necessarily <laughs> full penetration at some yeah, point in the yeah movie. <laughs> yeah right um get an x rating yeah. um but uh be a bernardo bertolucci um anyways yeah so it, it's the premise is uh it's three couples um are having it it's called a dinner party three couples are having a a dinner party and um the hosts wife has um participated in a group sex with the other couples without the husband oh and um the uh and that comes out at at the dinner party yeah Yeah. well that'll be totally realistic to shoot just because like you said you your work tends to be it's just like realistic i'm pretty naturalistic yeah i'm not i'm not creative enough to be very um yeah very uh stylistic in my in my work you know and like i'm a big fan of like naturalistic directors um Richard Linklater is a huge influence, and and um, Noah Baumbach I like I like a lot. He, you know, his movies are kind of the same thing. And so it's the idea of it's the people talking in the rooms, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if it's well made, it can be if it's well dramatic, made, it's one you know. Of the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that's what you know, you know. Um, back to the Greek plays, it's people talking in rooms. You know, it's not action necessarily. Um, yeah. that's kind of tradition of storytelling, but, um, the, the script that I just put out that I'm going to have you read eventually, like yeah. it is kind of realistic, but then there's like a car crash scene where it's yeah. like that alone removes it from being a naturalistic, like a mm-hmm. realistic movie to being like, shit, like I actually have a budget, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, that's the other thing is like making small indie movies by myself. You got to work within your constraints, yeah. you know? Yep. And so, like I like I we were talking about, I shot Macy's at my grandparents' house because I knew I could use it for free. I utilized friends and 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 family for for crew and um and um like I used my aunt's car for the thing because I knew I could use it for free, yeah. you know. And so, like this feature, I'm thinking about that, and I I try not to let it like I don't let it feel like a restriction. I like yeah. I try to because it could utilize it could it. be restricted. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, and like you can make a movie. 
doing ridiculous, you know, go build a skyscraper yeah. and uh, shut down a street. Uh, yeah, you shut know. down Sunset Boulevard like Quinn did. Yeah, I mean, that was nuts. Yeah, so the Disney movie I worked on, they shut down bridges in Portland, which I can tell you it's not cheap. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, um, so, you know, it's, I think my style, if I, if I have a style, is it's come out of necessity in that, like, not only am I interested in, like, drama and, like, personal relationships, but, like, it's a lot easier to shoot people talking in a room than a big car crash scene. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's so funny is that really early on in this, you said that you tend to write things that are like kind of close to your life and reality. Yeah. And I'm like, well, shit. Cause I wrote two horrible, horrible events in my, in my things. So yeah. I'm like, damn, hopefully that isn't true. But then you just wrote one about swingers and stuff. I mean, is that yeah. in your life? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for asking the question. Yeah. I was wondering, um, no, but I, you know, I, I, uh, like I would say like the suburban setting and the people are oh, like, okay, yeah. like loosely based off of reality. Yeah. Well, actually the funny thing is I got the idea because when we were in, when I was a kid, one of the like families uh, in the town I grew up, there was kind of like a, you know, a, a gossip scandal kind of thing yeah. um, that like they had been a uh, part of a swinger party. So, that's so that kind of, that's kind of what gave me the idea. I don't know if it's true or not, but yeah. Um, I mean, did you ever see that movie? I hate when people do this. Like, if 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 I make something and someone's like, "Oh, that's a lot like this," but have you seen the the Overnighters by chance? Mm-mm. Ah, it's a really good um, movie. But the whole twist to it is that like they they go over and they, they keep thinking like these people want to swing, but then the guy wants to swing with the guy and the girl wants to swing with the girl. So it's, oh, really? It's kind of fun. It has the guy from interesting. It has, it has a bunch of famous people in it. I'll actually. write that down. Um, yeah, man. There, there's some. I got really, really, really into movies when I was like reading screenplays every day, writing them, making movies, um, or making a short film. But like, you know what? It's just kind of at a certain point, I got burnt out. So I think it's really cool that you're just going strong with it all, man. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I don't know why, but I. Um, you're making it happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I'm really stoked. I I think my personality, like I have. Uh, when I get really into something, I kind of dive head first and go all, all in, you know, and I kind of think I'll live my life kind of bouncing from one obsession to ne- the next. Nice. And do you ever have pangs of regret of like, shit, like if, if like three studios don't accept you to your, your screenplay to premiere there, you just yeah. like, fucked. What did I do? Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I'm pretty self-critical and I, I'm not, I think you definitely have to have have a hard skin though. Like like mm-hmm. most of your stuff is not gonna have like people aren't gonna like. They're not gonna you reach hype it. Your own stuff. Yeah, you know, and like like I said, like my last short film I shot, I I didn't think it was great, but I made the best movie I could with what I had, and um and um, but this one I think I'm excited about, and like you know, I might not get into like big festivals, but I you know I think it's a good little film, and yeah. you know uh, whatever happens with it, it's. You know, that's that's what's gonna happen. Is it just worthless to make like thirty to forty minute movies? Because that would be less of a jump than like ten minutes to an hour and a half. Yeah, that's kind of the weird thing. So like, if you go by the Oscars, the short film cutoff is uh, forty minutes. Um, and but they don't like that because then they can shoot less or they can show less. I assume like, they probably well, yeah, want and that's, five. So that's the thing that um, it's kind of a it's kind of a function of the way fest- short film festivals work is like they do programs of like an hour and a half, two hours, which is like how long it would be yeah. to screen a feature. And they do that. They fill that up with short films. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they can get more f- 
festival like more films into the screening if they're five, five or ten minutes yeah. you know and so the, it's kind of a if you want to i mean you can make a really great 40 minute movie and but maybe <laughs> they're fucking good yeah you know and it and there have been films like that um uh ari aster who did hereditary and midsummer he made uh a short film that's like 25 minutes something's up with the johnson what's what's wrong with the johnson something like that okay. and um you know, it was really great, but it's 25 minutes, you know? Yeah. And so, like, you know, you got to be confident in, in your abilities at that point because... So edging out five other five Yeah, yeah. It's basically, point. like, it has to be good enough to be worth not letting four other films screen, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Do you think it's changing the with, um, like, I mean, you said it's kind of changing with more studios, but it's got to be changing the way that, like, premieres work. Like, you could probably premiere it on YouTube. You can set it up yeah to I mean, release at a certain time it's just not really respecting the community yet but it seems like eventually yeah i mean i'll eventually put it up on on vimeo so vimeo is like it's interesting because youtube doesn't really have much of it i mean it has short films but vimeo is like anyone who's makes you know short films that's where you put them up and and vimeo does like a spotlight of the week video of the week thing and um people have gotten recognition on that um why Vimeo over YouTube? Because they don't do take stuff down for copyright. Uh, YouTube compresses video more. Oh, fuckers. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's you get a more realistic experience. experience. Yeah. Totally. Um, but so yeah, I mean, and like I said, I, I'll probably I'll re release it at some point online. But um, a lot of the festivals they don't like you to put it online for yeah, some reason you gotta and, build hype without showing it yeah yeah first. so yeah you gotta like screen it at their festivals and they don't want it to be available and some festivals like they they want you to premiere there that they, they wouldn't won't accept it if you've that shown it sense, elsewhere man, yeah it's, it's so like, stupid yeah um so yeah i mean it's kind of you gotta play that ball game yeah, that's and, the thing that yeah. i think is gonna change like i mean eventually all the indie filmmakers are gonna be like come on man i'm like your your festival is cool but come on yeah like, i want to do it multiple yeah i mean and there's only a few like mm -hmm. Festivals are great, and you know, I like I like going and watching like independent movies. But um, there's really only a few festivals that like, if you got into, are really gonna like you know do anything. For have you. the possibility to do like yeah. give give you an opportunity. It's yeah. weird. Do you keep like an updated resume, or do you just kind of like? <sighs> I, uh, I imagine it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's kind of weird because it's all freelance, right? And like I've worked on thirty gigs or whatever in the yeah. last year, and. Um, I do. I I just redid my resume actually because I was, I applied to be a copywriter at an ad agency. Um, cool. And so yeah, I'm kind of thinking of going that route as a form of um, making money. So just I, more stable. More stable, more chill. Um, yeah. And uh, so I'm kind of trying to pursue the ad like ad creative side of it rather than film and TV work, which I've primarily done the last four years. Tight. Yeah. I dig it. We just did an hour, man. You got really? anything you, I mean, what what else are you up to in life? I, mean, yeah. I imagine this is everything in you. Yeah. No, that went by quick, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like I talked a lot. I know. I mean, <laughs> it just hits a point where I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I mean, we, we briefly met in a film studies class and we mm -hmm. didn't really talk too much because um, I was just zoned out for that class. Yeah. But then we, we really got kind of talking more in Ultimate Frisbee. Yeah. Yeah. Frisbee, man. It was so fun. Yeah. Did school do anything for you, man? Like, did, do you get a film degree, I assume? Yeah, so I have a digital communications degree with a film minor. Does it help you at all? So the way I look at it, you know, film school is like kind of a topic um, people have opinions about, as do I. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think if you go to NYU or USC, those are valuable. Um, totally. But, uh, and I don't think film school is a bad thing, but I think it's kind of what you make of it. You know, I took the film classes I took. Um, 
as a way to watch more movies and think about movies, you yeah. know, and, and read scripts for movies. Um, cause like I, I've, I mean, I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen more movies than most people, but I've, there's always movies you've never seen, you know, there's too much to watch in a lifetime. Totally. And you watch so TV too? Like, I do watch, I watch some good TV. I try not to, because you know, I'm a, story. I'm an art house, uh, cinema, uh, uh, you wouldn't make a TV show. I would definitely make a TV show. I don't have any problem with TV. I'm not like um, pretentious. Purist. Yeah, I'm not a purist, but I am pretentious. You're not an auteur. Yeah. Um, and there's really good TV. We're in a like. Oh, a, yeah. There's really good TV being made right now. We're in a kind of a golden age of of that. And uh, you know, I uh, I think that uh, I forgot what I was talking about. The USC. Sorry. USC I, Film I, School. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of uh, cut people off. So. Um, yeah, so like I took uh, I took it as an advantage to like watch a lot of movies and think about them, and then like while I was doing that through college, I was working in the film industry in Portland on on shows and TV, and so I got that like practical set experience on nice. uh, as well as like the theory and like you know um, side of it. Um, yeah. So, so, but like I, having a degree, like no one will ask like, oh, did you go to film school? Though? Oh no, no, right? nobody gives nobody gives a shit. It's just know? something to do. I think the film industry is one of the only industries you could work in if you were like a an ex-con uh and uh you know, I, people really don't care no you can, they don't give a shit <laughs> i like it yeah it's all about you know it's it's kind of a weird a weird business you know it's kind of ramshackle and uh thrown together but i think that uh you know film school is cool and like like i said i think it's it's what you make of it and what about those boot camps those like a couple weeks that people go to i think it's bullshit you do but uh yeah i mean I think Sundance does some really good programs, you know, like they have screenwriters lab and, and, and like uh, narrative lab for filmmakers, but like those are, there's, there's also a big industry in, in, in screenwriting it specifically, but also in film and like, like kind of con artists where they come do these talks and you yeah. pay a thousand dollars. Yeah. And then you, you walk know, away with Yeah. You walk away with nothing. You could have learned you know? on YouTube. Yeah, totally. I, like I said, I, I never really learned screenwriting. I just taught myself by, you know, listening and reading and watching and, working on my own you know yeah. um something i've noticed in myself is that i'm i, I really love and i think i'm good at telling stories mm -hmm. um through like typing it out and stuff yeah but like in person i never tell stories yeah Are you, you know a storyteller? i don't think so i'm not i'm not <laughs> a very like outgoing person like that and i think and i feel kind of um i like john green a lot and um he has said that like when he was like he learned about telling stories because he used to tell like oral you know um like stories to people and like pay attention to when they get bored and like totally. that's how he learned and I, i've never felt that and I, I i kind of felt insecure about it for a while because i was like i'm not a storyteller it's not me you know um yeah. but i don't think it uh i don't think it matters i don't think it does <laughs> either man because it, it's the difference between plays and movies it's yeah. like i don't really like plays too much because it's like I understand that a lot of work goes behind them, but it's like live music and plays and stuff just don't yeah. do it for me. I like like studio albums and movies because you know the post production editing and little yeah. tweaks and stuff like make it for me. Yeah, totally. Well, and we, yeah, we were talking about like how long how Macy's took a year and a half, and uh, and it was like we shot it in June, and that was about six months from well, it was almost a year from it was about a year from when I started writing it, and then. Um, it w it's been six months and now we're just finishing post-production and like granted I've been um, like I got taken away for two months on a movie and I've been busy and I've it's not been six months of straight work totally. but I also think time 
the thing is like you're just tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and, and time helps with that. And so, you know, um, when you're like, when you're using somebody else's money and it's somebody else's, you know, owns part of the movie, then they yeah. put you on a deadline. Totally. But, but that almost feel better to have someone, someone kind of keeping you in, in check. Yeah, totally. And also like, I am like, people are doing it for cheap for me as a favor, you know, they're my friends. And so, you know, I, I also, everybody's working and you can't, I can't like be like, I need it by this date. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm kind of now have been forced to to put deadlines on but it's not like okay we're but hiring why? you the it's, next five it's not weeks. like you're going to a season or anything is there or is it is there like a short film season no not really but um i didn't really plan it this way but uh it's a christmas movie right oh, and now it's God, christmas time so totally. i was like it's kind of the perfect time to release yeah. it um but i, I also just want to get it done because it's been such a like the last six months i've been trying to finish it you know and i it's I'm ready to have it out of my life. Yeah, it's a trip having <laughs> yeah. something kind of like looming over. That's yeah. why I actually I put the screenplay that I just wrote up on Amazon. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, dude, I just don't like. I was writing and I kept writing, and I'm like, why is this feeling like such a a treadmill? Kind of like I do work and then it just falls off. It's because yeah. I'm putting any of it out, you know. Yeah, yeah. So at some point, I'm just like, fuck, it, I'm just gonna start putting it out, even if you know. It's yeah, not like, totally. And like, I think you just gotta at some point. Like, there's also a thing you get to the point you're like, you can't tell. Am I really? <laughs> making it better am i just yeah. like stirring the pot you know so i'm excited to have it done and then i can be like yeah look there it is i did that you know mm -hmm. and then i can start working on new stuff so it's interesting writing screenplays because most people you know i assume i mean you know a bunch of yeah, movie p industry people so i assume it's different for you but like you want to share it with friends and family like, yeah they don't read fucking screenplays yeah nobody fucking reads screenplays no even people in the industry don't read screenplays but they're funner to read than yeah. books you, i think I they're very easy them. to read yeah they are yeah i mean i uh i've sh shared it with friends and family and like you would not believe how hard it, well, you would, but how hard it is to get people to read your stuff, you yeah. know? I mean, and I, I'm sure, like, I burn some bridges, not really, but, you know, by sending <laughs> shitty scripts back in the day. But, yeah. you know, I, even people that are, like, close friends, I can't, you know, get them to read. And so mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of pushing you have to do to, to do it. Well, something know? I've noticed is almost loose ties are better about helping and reading and stuff than, yeah. like, actual close friends. Maybe yeah. it comes from, like, if I was your brother yeah. and you sent me a script, while I was reading, I would totally be thinking of you the whole time. Like, yeah. that would taint. Yeah, my mom has said that, too. Like, well, like, you know, everybody, everybody's first thing is an autobiographical, right? And so, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I wrote my first feature script was totally autobiographical and not very good. And my mom was like, I don't want to, like, I can't disconnect you from, yeah. from that, you know? So, yeah, I mean, and like I said, I, even though, like, I like this family drama is kind of Macy's parade is kind of loosely based off of my family. I'm not in the movie, you know, like totally. there's not a character that represents me. Yeah. Um, and I did cut some characters and kind of like combine mm -hmm. people cause just for narrative. Uh, yeah. And you can't work with 12 use. people. Yeah, exactly. Minutes, you totally. know, and like, I like, I like movies with, with a lot of characters, but it's a Love difficult, it. uh, it's a difficult task as far as like actually managing the logistics of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I don't know how you did it. If I were to do another short film, I would almost try to do it with like one main character with probably mm -hmm. like five to ten just one scene kind of people. Yeah, like kind of day players. Yeah. I um, Yeah, so I wrote this. There's this Lambert Writers Conference. Uh, one of my friends is on the board and she's a producer and they're doing this web series contest thing and if you win you get it produced tight yeah so I, like they pay for production or yeah what? they pay for the pilot tight. of the web series and so i submitted to that and i wrote the script that i'd based on an idea i'd kind of been toying with as a short film which is uh so it's a man it's loosely based <laughs> off of my uncle actually but um it's basically like a uh 
an obese, um, kind of, um, socially, um, inept, um, gay man. Who, How who, do you cast for that? Looking for one fat motherfucker. Yeah, well, You no. gotta be fat if you're uh, I, I, I was thinking about that too. I was like, I wonder like, what is the pool of options <laughs> yeah. for this? You know? Um, oh, so yeah, but I, I finally wrote the script for that and I'm like kind of excited about it. And it is kind of, it's one guy in one room nice. and like, there's a few voices you hear, uh, people talking him on the phone or whatever. But, um, you know, I think that's a, it's all presents different challenges too. Cause you really only have the one person to focus on, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking even if I don't like win the contest, I'm thinking about making that next. web series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've always been kind of jaded about web series, but, but why? Yeah. Cause they kind of always suck, but, yeah. um, I think like no one's taking them seriously, you know, mm-hmm. they spend money and no money and they make it super cheap. But totally. if you actually made a web series with some production value, you could make, and like, it's not, I feel like all web series are comedies. Like nobody's doing like a dramatic, mm, you know? And yeah. so like, why couldn't I do a six part dramatic web series? Yeah, you know? Good point. Even further that, cause I made the very first thing I made, it was like a couple minutes long, but it was vertically filmed. Like yeah. it'd be cool to make a web series. that was actually like meant to just hang out and watch on your phone. Yeah. And yeah. You put it up on Instagram live and everything. You know? Well, yeah. Snapchat kind of already does that. You know, Ooh, yeah. they do, they do, um, uh, like shows you know that mm-hmm. are filmed to be watched in yeah. their medium it's cool yeah. i hate snapchat though man. i don't use it but so <laughs> much of it's garbage like yeah. you swipe to like watch a friend's story and you're like just bombarded with garbage like, yeah you'll never believe what people are using as tampons it's like a picture of a fruit or something yeah like, yeah who's watching that who's who's spending money to get this in front of me <laughs> who's making this yeah yeah it's ridiculous um well shit like that's got to make it like for you because you, you like when you're looking for money to make an actual thing yeah be like how the fuck is all these other people getting money to make There's little so much garbage? Garbage this gets made, dude, and like that's the other thing is like expensive garbage, very expensive. Like people spend money on such terrible bullshit, and unbelievable. And that it kind of is disheartening, and it's like then you get into the like, am I that am I a pretentious douchebag, and I want to have my own like like I want to make cinema or whatever, and make yeah. it like I I don't I don't know if I can I don't like calling it art, but you know like make something that is important says something versus like commercial bullshit and um mm. and um well, what does macy's day macy's parade say unless you don't want to say i don't is, know yeah that is a thing where like artists tend to not want to like comment too much on their work yeah i don't like to call myself an artist but um <laughs> when, i when I th- our tours yeah <laughs> or that you know um but yeah no i think it's 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 mostly about um like family ties yeah family ties and like female um like Macy gets, you know, taken for granted basically. Yeah. And like, it's the idea of like the matriarch that is, you know, um, seen, but not appreciated, you know? So it's a big thing. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know. I don't really think about my movies and thematic. Um, well, I gotta admit like watching it. Um, cause it wasn't like incredibly, uh, what's the uh, objective bait now? Like plot based. It wasn't incredibly plot driven, which yeah. I tend to go to, but I felt while I was watching, I was yeah. like, I felt bad for some characters. So I was yeah. like, Oh my God, this is chaotic and others, yeah. which I think is a, a, definitely a mark of a good movie. Yeah. It was just like, I don't know, man. It's, it's an interesting thing seeing, seeing like, cause you can build a completely character based where it's like a character yeah. sketch. You can build a plot based or you can just yeah. build it like emotion based. Like yeah. was an emotion vo- invoked watching it. Yeah. I think, um, I think Macy's is like a pretty character driven movie, but there, I mean, there is a plot, like there's something that happens, you know, and it's not like a 
because there are definitely slice of life movies that like it's really just you're watching that character and there's not really anything that happens i would say once upon a time in hollywood i would totally agree i was thinking the same thing did you watch it in theaters i did do you like it or disappointed i did not like it i was disappointed yeah but then um i came home and read reddit some people like just think about as a hangout movie like oh if i threw it on tv at home and i've heard that so much and i think it's it's kind of bullshit you know <laughs> it's just uh, a bad movie yeah, yeah it's not bad it's fine it's okay well, the acting yeah. was great like yeah, brad no. pitt and that you're like damn it's, that's funny. it's very well made the acting is great and one or like, two laughs it's fine you know i think it's you know middle middle tier tarantino it's not terrible yeah. but um i have friends that are like they loved it dude. i, I was like how. i don't know how you did dude no. it was like it, you know i'm not a tarantino fanboy i like his movies um but um you know I, it's, it's kind of i felt like everyone's just <laughs> he's gotten to the point where like no Dick one writing will, it no matter how good or bad it yeah is. no one will tell him no, no. He, hateful it was horrible that yeah. was actually a certifiably bad movie in my book yeah i, I liked it ah. but yeah um <laughs> i think like he's getting to the point where nobody will tell him no they'll yeah. give him as much fucking money as he wants mm-hmm. and i know a hundred million dollars you have some of the best yeah. actors in the world you yeah. shut down sunset boulevard if you make a bad movie it feels like he's just kind of jerking himself off at this point you know yeah. like he does whatever he wants and he's like oh look look at how interesting and look at know, how uh, cool i am quinn tarantino with this, this yeah was. exactly like, look how violent this scene is yeah. it just felt like it just felt forced yeah kind of what isle of dogs felt like too i feel like both those yeah directors i never saw isle of dogs but i heard it Don't was it. not his great no it know. was like oh see this is a wes anderson style movie yeah I'm like that's not the darjing limited give it yeah. give me that give yeah. me like something new you know yeah i you know i don't know um it's just that's the thing is like there's certain directors like tarantino who like people would call an auteur that like are like they make big budget studio movies but they and he's earned the title though yeah like, he, like he's made enough movies that i would No, call. that's what i mean there's these guys there's a there's a certain class of big budget directors that have made a lot of money and still get to like do whatever the fuck they want you know that's the dream yeah it's like big budget indie movies you know yeah uh, which is which is the dream you know and i don't even know what if i i don't know i don't know what i would do if i was making a hundred million dollar movie like i it's something you'd have to step <laughs> up to you know but you'd get paid 90 million to make, I'd it. make a lot of money is what it would what i would do but um yeah, it's like, and it, I kind of like indie movies. I've worked on big sets, and they feel impersonal and and like a business, you know. And it's like, crazy. Would would you call the Nicolas Cage movie impersonal or like an indie movie or a budget or a big? Uh, it's definitely an indie movie. I mean, it's that's nuts that you'd have him be on an indie movie. Well, and so it's independently financed, and it's I I don't think I should talk that much about money on it uh, for yeah. my NDA, yeah. but um, <laughs> you know it's. It's uh, not a lot of, not a big budget. And he, um, he's just trying to do this. He did the other one, the pig, no, the, the, the bloody, the, the horror movie was, yeah, the, the, um, what was that called? It was like a girl's name or something. Mandy. Mandy. Yeah. Yeah. Mandy was fantastic. Yeah. And he's, he's an interesting cat. He's making like, he makes a lot of movies a year and like, he's definitely making good money. He's not like, um, he's not doing it for nothing, you know? And, uh, but He's starting. Nicholas Cage is a really interesting actor. He's doing good work right now, and he had a heyday in the '90s and early '90s and late '80s, and he kind of uh, fell off for a minute. Yeah, he's everybody was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Dude? Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, I think he, I, I do like Nicholas Cage. He's a good actor, and I think it'll be a cool movie. Um, I'm, I was really, I got a, I was lucky to, you know, be friendly with the producers and director, and and it was, it was cool. Um, so, I mean. Like that, like that's, that's a pretty, it's not like art house, 
but it's definitely indie, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, it's not trying to be a mainstream movie, you know, yeah. but when you're working with him, do you ever just want to go pitch something to him? But like, you kind of can't like, yeah, like, no, what's, there, that, what's that? Like? There's definitely an etiquette on set, you know, like, you don't, yeah. there's certain people you don't talk to and you and, don't even talk to. Yeah. I mean, or you don't talk unless he talks to you, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, um, and it's, to varying levels like indie sets are generally a little looser on that but like there's um you know it's a, a good comparison it's like the military like you don't mm. you don't speak out of turn you know yeah. um if you're a private and you're with the colonel you yeah know? just because you wouldn't get hired for another film actually. yeah you know it's just it rubs certain people the wrong way and, <sighs> but you want to so badly like, yeah. you got onto a movie with like whoever your dream director or actor is like, yeah how would you not at least say something like yeah. even just like thanks for your work man yeah you yeah know? no and, and like most people are pretty receptive to that you know nice. but it's, it's a definitely a touchy kind of thing you don't go yeah. running at them with a screenplay in hand like, yeah <laughs> no you definitely get fired yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a trip but like if you were a director and and some 22 year old came up to you and you'd be like what Dude. would it take for you to read this you'd want to help because you'd be like i remember being there yeah you know and hopefully people are would want to help and they'd be like i remember when i was there but you know some people are douchebags some people are just douchebags yeah man. it's a weird thing yeah it's a tricky and like a lot of like there's you know 99 out of 100 times it's going to be a terrible script you know and yeah you, you know and so then you don't want to deal with that you know yeah. and so i mean i mean i i understand you know but uh have you read a lot of friends scripts yeah yeah i've read quite a few um have, have many of them been good because it's a weird thing to read like a bad script but it's our friends so you want to be like it's, it's i'm pretty it's harsh like, dude like i will uh I'll, if you want me to, I'll go through and mark your script with a red dude, pen. and That'll be a blast. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I will definitely, I'll, I'll rip it apart. But yeah. like, I don't want to say read it once just for like, for the plot. Like yeah. read it just for enjoyment and yeah. then like tear it apart if you want. I like. If it's worth tearing apart, honestly, yeah. that's another I'll thing. Also like sometimes I won't do it if it's a lot of work or like, <laughs> if it's sometimes just I'm just garbage. like, I'll, like I'll give them notes, but I'm like, I don't want to actually like go through yeah. it, you know? You just uh, red X every single page. Yeah. Read, write a better script. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've definitely read a lot of terrible scripts my friends have read me, but like, and I think maybe I've been harsh and I think like people don't always listen to what I like notes I give them, but like, that's the thing. I hope they would do the same in the reverse, you know? Yeah. Cause nobody likes a shitty screen. Nobody, no, but <laughs> nobody likes just getting shot down too. Like imagine you like, this is like your first actual like film that you'd kind of put your name behind. Yeah. Like what if everyone who watched it was like, this is garbage, man. Like yeah. this is like the first thing I ever made. This is so bad. Like that, that you know, you do want to kind of find a balance of like, yeah. like let's accept this for what this is. It's, yeah. it's not the best, but yeah. it's cool that you're actually like, this is like a very professionally made thing. Like, you'd want to hear if someone like uh, yeah. whoever you're working with, um, Nicolas Cage watched it. Like yeah. he would probably say it was bad because I mean, he works on hundred million dollar yeah, movies, yeah. you know? But, but at some point you would want like one kernel of like hope in there, you know? Yeah. It's a tricky thing, you know? And that's the other thing is like, it's scary to put your stuff out for the world. <sighs> Unbelievably. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. putting this podcast out all the time, it's yeah. like, that's a lot of my voice and you know, just totally, it's cool that get that guests come on and share their stories, you know? Yeah. No, man, I really, I think it's cool. I, I, I think I love podcasts. I me really too. appreciate you having me, but, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I also think like I've, I'm pretty cognizant of like, I don't think my stuff is great, you know? And all the time like I'm, you got to you got to yeah because you're the only person hyping it if yeah you don't believe in it who else is gonna it's true and so this is the first one where i was like okay this is good and i'm actually gonna like try and push it and like believe in it and you're like maybe nobody will like it but yeah. you know but at least that's kind of what you got to do you know and um you know i've definitely kind of buried other stuff i've made because not buried <laughs> it but like not really pushed it you yeah. know because i don't necessarily want everyone in the world to see it sometimes if i do 
I almost don't want to say this, but if I do a show that's like maybe not as good, I'll put it out and then I'll put another one out like that right same away. day or the next day yeah. just kind of like, eh. but then I think a lot of listeners, like I don't want list people who listen to this be like, I need to listen to every show. Like I want them to be like, yeah. I'll like listen to one out of every three shows. Which yeah, I really yeah. like. So it's kind of a way of doing that. But then people, less people will listen like the following week because they feel like bombarded. I'm like, I don't know what to do, man. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing is like analytics and like figuring out you're, you're like totally. who's watching and like how are they watching and let's go, what's the best way to release this? Yeah. It's a, it's it a just really takes crazy. away from the creative and fun parts of it. You know? Totally. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, uh, it's the, the thing about short films, it's like, it's kind of a hard, hard business. Um, like you could do these short f- like festivals that you can pay for your own screening you put out online but it's not it's not like they're it's not like back in the old days they're not screening short films before features you know mm-hmm. like it's it's hard to find a place for them to live it's um, pretty much how much money you have to put in front of yeah people. i mean if you have money you can do whatever you want yeah. i'd almost say like if i had a budget like a ten thousand dollar budget for a short yeah. film i would try to save half like five grand just for promotion of it yeah i mean that's how they budget movies now you know like, that is yeah i mean nice. you have uh certain amounts for like like uh, titles and and ads and and like just like finishing it you know um which is different than like the production budget that's why i was like i spent six thousand on production but then i've spent more money on other things you know yeah yeah um you said seven grand post-production you mean that that last grand's to pay like editors and stuff or that last grand's for submitting and no it's just for sound mix and color and poster and um so whatever i pay for submissions then if you want anyone to watch it then it's yeah. even extra gravy on top yeah of and like in theory like maybe you'll get it if it does well it'll you know get into a place where it screens every once in a while and like i have a, the drone operator josh actually it works for the hollywood theater and so i think i don't quote me on it but um i think it'll play there they have like a little theater at the airport the hollywood and i think it's going to play there for a while that's so, gotta feel good which will be once cool. a day or something yeah yeah well, yeah i don't know i don't know how the program works but yeah. i was like that'll be cool i can tell people to that's cool. go watch it in. it's such a weird thing because you want to do it and you want to like be like kind of reserved about like what you're doing you're like oh this isn't the greatest thing in the world because yeah. you know you're gonna make better down the road yeah but then part of the reason you do that is because if it flops then you can be like yeah but like see it wasn't my best thing yeah totally but I then mean, it probably flops because you're not like this yeah. is incredible you know yeah it's i mean a there, balance man there's a certain amount of showmanship that goes mm-hmm. with it you know you got to push your own stuff and like i've worked mostly in features but like sit a commercial and like when you work in the ad world you have clients right and mm-hmm. so like it's a little bit of like schmoozing schmoozing and like like pushing like selling yourself you know which i'm not necessarily the greatest at you know so well i think i'm not the greatest at because you you see people who do it and yeah. you just see how ingenuine it is and you're like who yeah. would buy that and then people buy it well and there's certainly <laughs> people that are really good at selling themselves but yeah. not good at whatever they're making I you know, know. <laughs> it's such a trip because that yeah. tends to be how it is like yeah, either totally. people make there are some i think the most successful people are obviously good at both yeah totally. or they immediately gain a group of people like but if like to gain a people, a group of people who like watch everything you do, share it, and like comment on mm-hmm. your stuff, it's hard because no one wants to be the first person. Like you, you almost need to get a, yeah. a group of people who all kind of like commingle and comment on each other's stuff. But yeah. it's hard to get that going. Yeah, it is. Yeah, developing a community is it's tricky and like a, a fan base or whatever. Um, and so that's why, like, that's why, like, Instagram and stuff, like, they're they're selling um, views, you know, because mm-hmm. eyeballs are currency nowadays. You know, that's why do why thing. people on YouTube are making millions of dollars because eyeballs? You know, they're getting in front of people's um, 
they have fans and they get people to watch stuff. Kind of would have been tight to be born like five or ten years earlier. Just yeah. So we would have been 25 and already making stuff as YouTube came out. Rather Seriously. Than like, we're late. I've thought about that too because I've been watching YouTube consistently since I was like 2008 or nine or whatever. Yeah. And like I always wanted to make stuff, like make a YouTube you're channel. You're a 10-year-old. But I, yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't know, 12 or whatever. And um, yeah, yeah, I was, I, and there are people that did that, and now they're 25, and they're they've been on the thing for the platform for 10 years. It's but crazy. Um, yeah, I I kind of wish that I had had some more brains. <laughs> well, it's a thing because like I would say anything that someone who makes when they're under like 20, it's like not really worth anyone yeah. watching. But yeah. then for some reason, people do, and it works. Like all the creative industry is just a time record of like how long have you been pushing yeah and you will make progress but yeah totally i mean if you stick with it you'll definitely and like i mean there's people that like it's the it's the thing it's like maybe macy's like you never know what's gonna happen maybe it Mm -hmm. breaks and then i get money to make a feature film and then i make a feature film by the time i'm 26 and or maybe nobody sees it and then Mm -hmm. i make another one in three years because I haven't had money to make another one mm-hmm. and then I make another one and then I'm stuck in another job and then maybe I don't get to make a feature film until I'm 40 you know yeah. and like but then the feature film you make when you're 40 has your two favorite actors in it and yeah. everything you ever want you, you know? know and um you never know how it's gonna go some people like you know you always talk about there's people that they don't make it in whatever business until they're but I want it Great now. Great white Yeah, exactly. Everybody <laughs> wants it now. That's such a weird thing. Yeah. It's such a weird thing to be telling like your family and friends. You're like, yeah, I'm this. But like before you're a successful yeah. that, you know? Yeah, no. I don't like calling myself like a filmmaker. because But I was you like, are. Like you're in the yeah. industry for sure. I'm in the industry, definitely. Um, but like. <laughs> I'm in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I have, I have people telling me that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I make short films. And, uh, you know, I've done a few, but, you know. Do you think it'd be possible to be as successful as you are if you lived in a place like Eugene, or do you think location it like matters? I think it's helpful. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, um, I think if I was living in Eugene, I'd have to make more commutes to Portland. You oh, know? you wouldn't even make a, a, a film here. I would, but I mean, I think like it's like a logistics thing. Like we have like rental houses and 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 like the 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 framework necessary to like rent the gear build the crew put everything together in portland and in like a smaller scale than la but in a bigger scale than here you know and to live in la that's like you thinking of moving there man how would you even survive for like six months that is expensive dude. yeah i don't know i don't that's why i was like i could continue to work in the industry probably there but i'm kind of at the point where i don't know if i want to keep working on other people's stuff i kind of want to just get a like a day job that get a day job that will give me time because like i said i worked on pig for two months and which was cool but i didn't get any work done because you met people you met i met yeah it's not like that helps it's not like it was pointless you know yeah and i made money that i'm living off now you know but i did make connections and like um you know so every every gig is uh is a you know a stepping stone every movie is a stepping stone and you know it's it's all it's all an endless uh we're all sisyphus mm-hmm. well <laughs> what's so weird is that you then you watch people who make it and they say like oh it'll feel like a sisyphus until all of a sudden you make it mm-hmm. and then you're like is that true because then other people are like like i mean like what's the realistics like those are the the survivor bias so like you're just hearing the people who one day it did make it you yeah know? yeah i mean and then that's the thing you give up and you know and you never know if it's just around the corner so. it's a bitch it's it's, 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 it's one yeah. of those yeah though any big thing like a relationship 
the job you want. Mm-hmm. It's the duality of like, well, I'm fucked if I do or if I don't. Yeah. Or I'll potentially be happy either yeah. way. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know. Like like I said, I I don't fucking I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Well I'm excited to see you in five or ten years when you have made a feature film. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to say. And you know, a lot of people like with that overnight success, they say, I worked ten years. Yeah. And then I got the overnight success, you know. And so, you know, I've been in the industry for like four years and I've been working hard, but you know Got six more years then. Yeah, I got six more years to <laughs> Fuck go. That. Yeah, yeah, which sucks, but you know, who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, um, yeah I don't. It'll be interesting to see. I'll be thirty-three in ten years. I dig it. Well, <laughs> do you have anything you want to? Prom- I mean, you can't really promote it because you don't know when it's gonna be up. Yeah, we're uh, we'll we ha- should have a screening of Macy's Parade in um, mid mid to late December in Portland somewhere, which will be up on my socials. Um, I really just Instagram and Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. Um, it's at Cooper Fitch. Cool. I'll link it. And. Um, yeah, I, I eventually uh, it'll start hopefully doing the festival circuit and then we'll put it up online. And Cool. Once uh, it's up online, so in a couple months maybe? Yeah, you know, next year at some point. Next year. Then I'll yeah. also like link, I'll go back and link and that link in the it. description. So cool. in like a year when people are listening to this, they, they can, can just find straight it. up listen to watch it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And like, you know, I I want this, I, I'm proud of this one and I want it to get seen. So, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll find some kind of life. I like it. You got anything else? No, I think that's cool. I really got a pee. So. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, man. thanks so much, man.